Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 24th of June. India reported over 54,000 new coronavirus cases today, taking the total number of infections to more than 3 crore. The death toll has increased by 1,321, taking the total fatality count to 3.91 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 179.5 million people and killed more than 3.89 million, according to Johns Hopkins University. The Union Health Ministry has said that around 40 cases of the Delta Plus variant of the coronavirus has been found in Maharashtra, Kerala and Madhya Pradesh. Besides these states, Karnataka also recorded its first case of the variant yesterday. The Supreme Court today wrapped the Andhra Pradesh government for its decision to hold in session Class 12th exams next month. The court said it may pass in order to provide compensation of Rs 1 crore if there is even one fatality. The state government's decision came despite the centre and other states cancelling the 12th board exams because of the pandemic. More than 2,000 people have fallen victim to fake COVID-19 vaccination camps in Mumbai so far. Five FIRs have been registered and the statements of 400 witnesses have been recorded. According to the Indian Express, around nine fake camps have been held in the city till now. Talking about COVID-19 vaccines, Diksha Munjal, Prateek Goyal and Tanishka Sodhi visited Bead District in rural Maharashtra and found that the primary health centres are non-functional and understaffed, forcing villagers to travel long distances for medical aid. It is a long-standing problem that has not been addressed despite repeated complaints to the local authorities and politicians. Do watch their video report titled, Shambolic Rural Health System Piles on COVID Misery in Bead under the category Maharashtra COVID Crisis at Newslaundry.com. We thank our subscribers without whom we'd be unable to bring you ground reports like these, podcasts, videos, interviews and a lot more. We are an independent news platform that doesn't depend on advertisements from corporations and governments to survive. So if you're not yet a part of the community that keeps journalism alive, please head on to Newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right corner of the website. Subscription starts as low as 300 rupees a month. Paid to keep news free. Yesterday, several BJP MPs walked out of a parliamentary panel meeting on vaccination development for COVID-19 and genetic sequencing of coronavirus and its variants. According to the Indian Express report, they asserted that this is not the appropriate time to discuss the vaccine policy. This came after several opposition MPs present in the meeting expressed their desire to ask questions about the centre's vaccination policy, such as increasing the gap between two doses. The BJP MPs reportedly opposed it and a few of them even demanded postponement of the meeting and walked out. Scientific advisor to the government, K. Vijayaraghavan, ICMR DG VK Bhargav and Secretary in the Department of Biotechnology, Renu Swaroop, were among those who deposed before the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Science and Technology. The meeting was chaired by Congress MP Jairam Ramesh. Meanwhile, the Director of the Institute of Genomics and Integrative Biology, Dr. Anurag Agarwal, today said that there was no evidence to suggest that the Delta variant will cause the possible third coronavirus wave. He, however, cautioned against lowering guard on the pandemic. West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee today moved a plea in the Calcutta High Court seeking recusal of Justice Koshik Chanda from hearing her petition, challenging the election result in the Nandigram constituency. In her plea, Banerjee said there could be likelihood of bias because Justice Chanda was associated with BJP during his days as a lawyer. 
Meanwhile, Justice Chanda reserved order on the recusal plea after Banerjee's counsel, senior advocate Abhishek Manu Singhvi, insisted that the matter had to be decided upon before the judge hears the petition. Chanda, however, pointed out that his decision on the matter could be seen as giving in to media trial because the matter of his reported association with the BJP was already being reported by news outlets. Justice Chanda is the third judge who has been asked to recuse from hearing the petition. In related news, yesterday, an analysis of contribution of electoral trusts released by Election Reforms Group Association for Democratic Reforms showed that the BJP received 276.45 crore rupees as donations from electoral trusts in 2019 to 2020. This amounts to 76.17% of the total donations given to all political parties from electoral trusts. This is the third consecutive year when the BJP has been garnering the highest donations from electoral trusts. Meanwhile, 13 parties including the Congress, the Aam Aadmi Party, the Shiv Sena, the Samajwadi Party, the Janata Dal United and the Lok Jan Shakti Party received 83.46 crore rupees or 23% of the total donations. According to the report, among the contributors, Prudent Electoral Trust donated the highest amount of 271.5 crore rupees. The Association for Democratic Reforms also observed that half the trusts that submitted their annual reports declared nil contributions, which raised questions over the continued registration of such electoral trusts. Twitter India Chief Manish Maheshwari was today granted temporary protection from arrest by Uttar Pradesh Police by the Karnataka High Court. The court said that no coercive action could be taken against Mr. Maheshwari. He has also been relieved from travelling to UP for questioning. He had moved the court yesterday seeking transit protection from potential arrest in a case related to tweets about the assault of an elderly Muslim man in Uttar Pradesh's Ghaziabad district. He was expected at the Loni police station today at 10.30am after Ghaziabad police issued a set of notices to him to record a statement regarding the circulation of the assault video. He had although requested to do the questioning via video call. Ratings agency SNP Global Today lowered India's growth forecast for the financial year 2021 to 2022 to 9.5% from the earlier projection of 11%. The growth projection has been lowered as a result of the lockdowns imposed in several states in April-May amid the second wave of COVID-19. The agency also flagged the risk of further pandemic waves while noting that only about 15% of the population has received at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccine. Meanwhile, yesterday, ratings agency Moody's Investor Service had also lowered its growth forecast for India to 9.6%, from the earlier estimate of 13.9%. Moody's asserted that rapid vaccination progress will be important in restricting economic losses to the current quarter, April to June. Earlier this month, the World Bank had cut its growth projection for India to 8.3% from 10.1%, estimated in April. According to the scroll, growth rate was initially estimated to be in double digits for this fiscal year, but the second wave of pandemic has prompted a downward revision from various agencies. West Bengal Finance Minister Amit Mitra yesterday wrote to Nirmala Sidharaman, alleging that there has been a steady breakdown of the spirit of cooperative federalism in goods and service tax council meetings. In his letter, Mitra said, and I quote, What pains me most is the fact that GST council meetings have been acrimonious, vexing and almost toxic with erosion of mutual trust that had held fast between state and the centre 
since the inception of the GST Council. Unquote. He urged Sitaraman to consider a course correction to restore consensus-based approach in the decision-making process of the meetings. He also argued that in the meeting on June 13th, his voice was muzzled and his opposition to impose taxes on coronavirus relief material was not heard. In his three-page letter, he noted that this was a dangerous time and the resources of the state governments were in dire distress and despite this, the central government came to GST council meetings with a predetermined conclusion. Introduction of three bills by Boris Johnson's government in the UK has invited huge criticism across the board. The bills demand changes to the policing bill, proposing alterations in enforcement and sentencing. The Covert Human Intelligence Sources Bill, which protects undercover states from prosecution for crimes. The proposed changes also plan to weaken judicial review and challenge the process to ministerial decisions, including on the environment. In this regard, the UN Special Rapporteur for Human Rights and the Environment, David Boyd, argued that the proposed legislations will make human rights violations more likely to occur and less likely to be sanctioned. He also added that these developments are counter to the direction we need to be going in, at a time when the right to the freedoms of assembly, association and expression are absolutely critical to the environmental progress. His statements came after a London-based campaign group, Not One More, wrote to the UN urging intervention to protect the rights of peaceful protesters in the UK. Moreover, in a recent report of the UN with law firm Global Diligence LLP, not one more, had documented 400 incidents of police allegedly using unwarranted aggressive behavior to curb protesters. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.